episode 47 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke McGrath. I am Jess Rubenstein. Thank you for spending your time with us this week. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The NHL is officially in action. We are almost halfway through the season, but now is your chance to win some money while you watch. And that is because Bet Online has lines, spreads, and props on every single game this season, so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. But whether you're looking to place a bet on the NHL, international hockey, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week we'll be joined by former Maine Black Bear Pat Shea to talk about the NCAA. But first, the BCHL will be playing this season after all. News broke last week that the BCHL teams have begun their two-week quarantine and the plan to have a shortened season is in motion. The plan is for the season to be 18 to 20 games between April 2nd and May 6th, with five pods to host three or four teams each. Those pods will be in Albany Valley, Coquitlam, Chilliwack, Vernon, and Penticton. All teams will be participating with the exception of the Wenatchee Wild, who opted out in November due to the USA-Canadian border closure, and the Langley Rivermen, who opted out in the 48-hour period given to teams before the mandatory quarantine began. Those players will have the option to be loaned to other teams. Jess, this has been a wild ride British Columbia has had. We've gone from no word on any hockey just a few weeks ago, and today it looks like everyone is okay to play. What do you make of all this? I'm glad to see that the BCHL will get some games in. It's an important feeder route for players who are trying to go to get NC2A scholarships. I'm frustrated that the Hockey League in British Columbia have had to fight tooth and nail to get Government support, I mean, they've proven that the pods work, and yet they gave these guys such a hard time trying to get this organized. That only leaves now Governor Cape Brown of Oregon, who still has not given the okay for hockey in her state, and that's holding back the Portland Winterhawks being able to to come home and play. They will play up in Washington, at least for the first three games. Congrats to the BCHL and all 16 teams who finally get to play. This has been a long time coming for them. I'm very happy that they finally have a payoff after working at this for so long. Although I do have to say, I get where the Langley River men are coming from. They said in their statement regarding their opt-out that there were multiple reasons for this decision. The exact phrase they used was including educational commitments and the mental and physical health implications of both the 14 days of isolation followed by a five-week strictly controlled season. I know most people want to play at any cost, I get that, but this is a big ask, Jess. This isn't to have a postseason or a tournament. This is a two-month commitment of being isolated with nothing but hockey for two months. You get to play 20 times, and there might be a champion at the end of it. We're not sure. When the NBA had their bubble, 
They were grown men at Disney World getting paid millions of dollars to crown a champion, and most of the players involved said it was one of the hardest experiences of their life. BCHL players by American standards aren't even old enough to drink alcohol yet. This is not going to be an easy experience for them. To get back out on the ice, do what they love. I hope you're excited for April Jess because when those hockey games start up, I think we're long due for some good BCHL hockey. Yeah, I think so too because, you know, it's been like a year where we hadn't been able to do anything. I applaud the BCHL for coming together with a good plan. You know, the five pods for 15 teams. I think it's a great idea. It's going to be two pods for the WHL teams in the BCHL area or the British Columbia province. Hopefully this works. Hopefully we don't have any more outbreaks. And hopefully fans can get to come watch hockey. Well, just coming up in a little bit, we'll have Pat Shea on the show to talk about the NCAA as they start their conference tournaments going on right now. But before we talk to Pat, let's catch up everyone at home on what we've seen so far. Let's start with the Atlantic Hockey Tournament. Holy Cross did not participate due to COVID protocol, so Sacred Heart received the first round bye. In the first round, Western Division number 5 Niagara won their game 3-2 against number 4 Mercyhurst. And in the Eastern Division, number 4 Bentley won their game 7-3 against number 5 Air Force. But Bentley would unfortunately have to withdraw from the quarterfinals due to COVID protocol, giving the Eastern Division number 1 seed AIC a bye to the semifinals. But for the teams still involved, the Eastern number 2 seed Army swept number 3 Sacred Heart. And in the Western Division, number 2 Kinesis swept number 3 RIT. And number 1 seed Robert Morris is up one game to none in their three-game series against Niagara. For the next round, if Robert Morris wins the series, it will be AIC against Canisius and Army against Robert Morris. If Niagara wins, it will be AIC against Niagara and Army against Canisius. The Big Ten tournament starts today. Number one seed, Wisconsin, get a bye. They will play the winner of number four, Notre Dame, and number five, Penn State, in the semifinals. The other semifinal matchup will be the winner of today's game between number two, Minnesota, and number seven, Michigan State against the winner of number three, Michigan, and number six, Ohio State. In the ECAC, Clarkson has withdrawn from the tournament due to COVID protocol, meaning that the winner of St. Lawrence and Colgate on March 18th will play Quinnipiac on March 20th to decide a conference champion. In Hockey East, Merrimack did not participate due to not being cleared from COVID protocol. In the first round, number seven, UMass Lowell won their game against number 10, Vermont, 5-3, and number nine, New Hampshire won their game against number eight, Maine, 7-2. The quarterfinal round starts today and will go as number one BC playing number nine New Hampshire. Right now, as we started recording, number two BU is playing number seven UMass Lowell. Number three UMass Amherst will play number six Northeastern, and number four UConn plays number five Providence. In the NCHC, the first round was nearly all chalk as number one North Dakota beat number eight Miami 6 to 2. Number two St. Cloud State beat number seven Colorado College 2 to 1. Number three Minnesota Duluth beat number six Western Michigan 5 to 4 in overtime. And number five Denver beat number four Omaha 5 to 4. The semifinals will be played on Monday and the winner of North Dakota Denver will play the winner of St. Cloud Minnesota Duluth on Tuesday for the championship. And finally, in the WCHA, the first round is nearly through. 
So far, number one, Minnesota State swept number eight, Ferris State. Number two, Lake Superior State swept number seven, Alabama Huntsville. And number four, Bemidji State swept number five, Michigan Tech. But the round will not be over until the rubber match between number three, Bowling Green, and number six, Northern Michigan. In the event Bowling Green wins the next round, it will be Minnesota State against Bemidji State and Luke Superior State against Bowling Green. If Northern Michigan wins, they will face off next round with Minnesota State, and Lake Superior State will see Bemidji State. So, Jess, the tournaments are underway, some more than others. Who has impressed you so far? It's uh, really going to be a toss-up between Providence and UConn. Northeastern has been helter-skelter. I look for UMass in that game. Sacrificial Lamb is going to be New Hampshire. Northern Michigan is trying to upset Bully Green. They force a third game, and good luck. I just can't see Bully Green losing on home ice in a decisive third game. Michigan State against Minnesota. That should go easy to Minnesota. Jess, I think sometimes we're so thankful that we have one thing that we completely overlook another. And I say that because this weekend we had one of the biggest travesties in hockey that we've had for some time. There was only 96 people in attendance for Game 2 between Sacred Heart and Army. Can you imagine how electric that game-winning goal is after six periods of hockey if there's a full house? What an absolute shame. Army has been the story for a little bit, and Saturday night sealed the deal. These guys prove they've got heart, they've got soul, and they deserve to be on the roll that they're on right now. Who else but Colin Bielek to move these guys on to the next round? But Josh Benson of Sacred Heart, you hold your head high, my friends. 68 saves over six periods of hockey, just shy of two hours between the pipes. You can't ask for much more out of your goalie right there. But the Black Knights cannot be stopped at this rate. Maybe they won't be stopped. And before I give a hot take on my thoughts for the tournaments going on right now, I want to say keep your eye on Lake Superior State. We know Army is red hot, but the Lakers have been quietly building up a streak of their own. They've only dropped two of their last 12, and good goaltending is so important in postseason play. I don't have to tell you, Jess, how great Marek's mittens has been this season. Obviously, they would probably rather see Bemidji State next round, but I would love to see the game they put on with with Bowling Green with the stakes that high. That's a fun matchup for anyone looking for a dogfight. My thing about Army is they seem to be coming together just at the right time. They're on a hot streak, and they're probably the most dangerous team right now to play. I wouldn't want to play against them if I was anybody else. Jess, I've come to the show with a hot take fresh out the oven for you. My hot take at the halfway point of the conference tournaments. I think Denver might be able to pull out a win over North Dakota. And I know you probably think I'm crazy. North Dakota is the best team in college hockey. And Denver, to put it straight, has had a very mediocre season, 10-12. and 12. But to their credit, they have played a lot of games against great opponents. A lot of NDAC, Minnesota, Duluth, St. Cloud, and Omaha in their schedule. They know what it's going to take. North Dakota doesn't have to worry about making the tournament. Denver is in win-or-go-home mode. I know it usually doesn't go the underdog's way when you're up against the best of the best, but it's March, baby. There's no more appropriate time for something crazy to happen. The Denver story alone has got all the makings of a great movie. They're shorthanded. Everything that could go possibly wrong has gone wrong for them. And now they get to play the number one team in the land. I got to watch it just to see how Denver handles it. I mean, if it's a true Denver team, 
they will stand up for themselves. All these games coming up are going to be very exciting, but even more exciting coming up next, we've got Pat Shea with us, so let's not wait any further. Let's get right on to it. And joining us now is former Maine Black Bear, Pat Shea. Pat, thank you for joining us again, man. It's nice to have you back. It's good to be back on. Thanks for having me. Well, Pat, what have you been up to? Uh, my hockey season got canceled, so I've kind of just been traveling a little bit. I have time to spare, you know, making a lot of videos behind the scenes. I haven't really been posting as many, but I've been making a lot of new stuff behind the scenes. So I've been kind of focusing on that more. Pat, so since this is your first year not playing D1 hockey in four years, how has it been for you watching from home instead of being out there yourself? It's different. It makes me feel old when I watch. I'm already past college, but then I think about it and I'm like, oh, wait, no, like 70% of the players are still older than me. So then I'm like, all right. That's definitely a good way to think about it. I get a 20-something-year-old guy on my show talking about being old as I'm contemplating my 62nd birthday. Thanks, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. So as you've been watching Maine and keeping up with your brother at Northeastern, how would you say the NCAA did with carrying out this season and getting to this point with a ton of obstacles in its way? Yeah, I mean, I think they did the best they could. You know, it's obviously there's no – way of like knowing how to handle with it so I think they did the best they could I mean they've they've had a season right that's saying something so I mean everyone gets another year so it's almost like hey if you had a bad year no worries you have another one I think they did it the best they could and it's been cool to you know watch some hockey and I'm sure it's great for the kids playing to actually get out there after a long extended summer but I guess this begs the question are you happy you graduated when you did or do you think you could have found some enjoyment playing in an atmosphere like this I don't know. It's a tricky question because it's at the same time, I, I don't know. It's given me an opportunity to have time to focus on my other passions. I don't know. There's a give and take. I mean, obviously I, it would have been nice to graduate in a normal year and go right and play pro, maybe get like a PTO in the springtime last year. That wasn't the case. So initially I was kind of, you know, pissed about the timing of my graduation, but and, and if it was this year, I would have gone another year, you know, but I got stuck in that weird spot, but I mean, honestly, I've been, I ended up looking at it in a positive way. It gave me a chance to do other things. What are the other things that you're doing? Well, I was doing a lot on my main hockey channel, but since I've taken a step back, I've been doing a lot of like sketches, kind of like writing a lot of those and filming those in the background. I haven't been posting them. I've been posting clips on TikTok, but not on uh, YouTube or Instagram yet because I've just been uh, setting it up to like launch it in the next few weeks or so. So I've been just taking advantage of the time to do that. You've been super busy creatively. You're doing really well on TikTok. Did you ever think you'd kind of get to this point? Or do you think that maybe this is something you always wanted to do and this is kind of just the medium it took? Yeah, I mean, when I started doing it, it's kind of how I envisioned it. You know, I wanted to grow my hockey audience and then slowly start making my way over to like a sketch work and acting type thing, which I've slowly starting to do. I've created the new channel, but I haven't started posting it. I kind of had a feeling that the YouTube would get to this point with a hockey vlog. And then I would go from there. I still feel like I'm not even close to where I'm going to be. You know, like I have a whole vision in my head and I have so much more to do. So I don't feel like there or anything yet. You know, I feel like I have so much more to do. Let's talk hockey because, you know, you've played this game, me and Jess haven't, so we definitely could take your perspective on a few things. So after a super long regular season, especially this year with all these starts and stops to it, we're now at the conference tournaments. As a player, what's your mindset playing these games right after grinding for a whole regular season? 
you like to think you're uh, putting everything into the regular season games, but then once playoffs come, it feels like everyone just takes it up a notch. You know, like I don't care if I'm tired. I'm just going to go. But especially in college, it's not like you get a seven-game series. At most, it will be like three. But then once it gets on to semifinals and the hockey and stuff, it's single-game elimination. So, so it's a whole different mindset. You just have to bring it every night, which is almost harder. Well, it is harder than like uh, – Stanley Cup like series where it's seven games if you lose you're done so it's like you have to make sure you can't have an off night yeah I think it's just a whole nother mentality going into it are there any teams that you have your eye on right now that you can see making a pretty big dig into the national tournament I'd say BC or Amherst would be the team from hockey's one of them would be the one to go on and you know do big things obviously BC's always been good their goalie there is killing it which I've actually I went to a development camp with him and he's He's definitely got it, but Amherst is cool because it seems like Makar almost turned the whole program around even after he left. They're still, at the time, people could have used the excuse that he was kind of the reason, but it seems like his whole being there just turned it around in a positive way. They're just still an elite team. Well, as a former UMass student, I could tell you what you just said was 100% accurate because it was not only just the players themselves, but he got the students back involved. He gave the students a reason to show up at campus and attend games, and not only hockey games, but, you know, on-campus functions. It's a shame that he's gone, but he's left such an imprint that it's unbelievable. Like the fans there, like my freshman year compared to the, I think the second year he was there was my junior year. I just remember the whole fans atmosphere was way more than what it was. Like no one was there when we went there my freshman year. And then all of a sudden he's there and it's like, you know, a whole nother level. So it does definitely cool for them. We got our first final from the Hockey East tournament. UMass knocks off Boston University. Oh, that's official. It's official. Lowell beats BU live. Wow. Yeah. And so the next game, which is going to be Providence versus UConn, I got to give the credit to UConn. What a rebound that they've had after being such a doormat for years. That's one way to put it, doormat. <laughs> they were. I mean, I think that they didn't think long and hard before they made the jump to Hockey East. They saw the dollar signs instead of seeing that they were going to be basically everybody's whipping boy. Now, for some reason, Vermont is. It's some of these schools that, that jump into Division One hockey now just don't smartly think it through. No. <laughs> I mean, it's tougher. it's tougher than they think, I guess. Pat, I guess I'll ask you this. So now we know that UMass Lowell is advancing over BU. UConn, who has obviously, as Jess described, has grown over the past few years. I remember when I was a fan watching at Quinnipiac, Tage Thompson was the only good player that I can remember. And now UConn all of a sudden has a slew of great Russian talent playing against a great Providence team. What makes Hockey East so good? Is it just literally the area everyone wants to come play in the Northeast? Or what about these teams makes them so dominant. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the fact that it's now established as being that caliber of a league. I mean, there's just so many good, like, talent, you know, that, I mean, it's such a fine line of, like, the top team. So say, like, BC or BU is the top team or Amherst, right? Like, Maine just beat Amherst. Maine was 3-12 and this year, and they just beat Amherst the other day. It's, it's just one of those leagues. It's so competitive, and it's like if you have an off night, the lowest team in the league will beat you. It's not like that anyone's a bum. There's just a lot of talent and the style makes it fun because it's kind of, it is a lot of hitting. I mean, it's just an exciting game, but I don't know. I think it's just the, 
the reputation that it's had now that people know that it's that caliber and everyone wants to play in hockey is you've got these programs that coaches are going to be there these five six years we're not seeing like other programs where a coach jumps after two years or is fired after two years so i think the stability of hockey east makes it such an attractive place yeah i'd say so it's also it's getting older. I don't know if you guys know that. It's now just the norm to be 21 as a freshman. And I don't know if maybe that plays into it. I don't know if the other leagues are that old because I don't know from experience. But I think because it's that mix of like the younger kids are like very high skilled, high talent, very elite. And then you mix it with guys who have experience and age. They're grown men. They're already strong. They're fast. You know, so it's a cool mix of that, which could be why that these teams are you know, typically do well or if it's such a good league. All right, Pat, before we let you go, where can the people at home find you? Well, I'm on all sorts of apps now. I'm on uh, Instagram. So I'm I'm actually mad. I can't change my uh, Instagram username because I want I would love to make them all the same, like just Pat Shea or something. But because now, you know, straight, you know, a little subtle brag, the verification, you can't change the, uh, <laughs> you can't change the <laughs> internet. So my Instagram is pshea25. My TikTok is Pat underscore Shay. And then my YouTube is Pat Shay. But I also have a second YouTube channel now that you should all check out because I'm going to start posting there. It's called This Is Pat Shay. So the other one is just, the other one is Pat Shay, but it's not This Is Pat Shay, you know? Pat, you've officially hit second channel on YouTube. That's how you know you've made it big. I know you said you don't feel like you're there yet. Second channel is how you know you've made it big on YouTube. <laughs> it's it's my... Uh... One that I'm kind of creating for the long term more so that it's like not it's not really me, the hockey player, because I have the one that has such a hockey audience. I feel like I need an outlet for like just creativity in general. So that's my new outlet there. And while I still have the hockey channel or fitness or whatever, I end up whatever direction I end up going with that one. He's a great player. He's a great content creator. He's a great podcast guest. Pat, thank you so much for joining us again. It was great having you. And uh, we look forward to whatever you got coming out on uh, online. We're looking forward to it. I appreciate it. I- You're going to have a good time checking Pat Shea out. Thanks for showing up with us today, Pat. Thank you guys for having me on. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Legrano for myself. If you like this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you again for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care.